0: What's good, football fans? Welcome back to the Fourth and Mile Podcast. Alongside my good friends, Bradley and Jeremy. My name is Josh. We appreciate you all tuning in. So our good friend Brady is going to the state fair uh, with his wife. So he is. It's just going to be third and mile today, boys. How are we doing?
1: We're doing great today. It's a it's a fantastic episode. We're going to stick on to, to Brady's uh, good news, bad news topics. Uh, good news or bad news first?
0: Bad news. Always bad news.
1: Bad news is it's third and a mile today. But I'm going to piggyback a good news off of that. We don't have to worry about Brady's Wi-Fi today. That's huge. And the good news (laughs) is that it's my guys' episode. This is probably outside of our game episodes. This is probably one of my favorite episodes that we do. It's an opportunity for us to essentially plant the flag on three different guys that we're going to die on that hill, so to speak. On that, we think that these guys are going to be good for the fantasy football season. So we're going to skip NFL notables and we're just going to get into are my guys? Uh, we'll just start by kind of recapping last year's my guys. Um, Josh, start by giving out your my guys from last year. Any any thoughts on the ones you picked out from last year?
0: Yeah, so my 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 guys last year was Chase Edmonds, Brandon Ayuk, and Tom Brady. Ayuk being in the doghouse early in the year in San Francisco, not great, but I do love his long term look uh, in that offense. Chase Edmonds, I think today he's going to smash this year. Um, And Tom Brady, I think he was a smash hit. I think he had a really
1: good year last year. Jeremy, go ahead and talk about you. uh, You were the staple. You got Cooper Cup. So just talk about your guys.
2: Well, before we Bradley just mentioned Cooper Cup, but I'll start with my worst one first. LaVisca, LaVisca Chenault. (laughs) Tough scene for the boys. Daryl Henderson, (laughs) probably good, good middle ground there. thought that was pretty, I mean, ended up, Obviously, we had the injury earlier on in the season that propped up uh, Daryl Henderson's ADP before the the season started. So he finished around where he was drafted. So a solid pick there. But yes, I planted my flag last year for Cooper Cup. I was the only one on the podcast that had him above Robert Woods, I believe, in our, I think in that's all an our rankings. Statement. Yep. Um, and I I do remember Brad. I think Bradley sent the text that you guys were making fun of me um, for having Cooper Cup ahead. I think I had him at eleven. Um, he finished. Much higher than uh, wide receiver eleven. He was the wide receiver one. and had an, a, a historic season. So when you hear my my guys later, and when you hear my wide receivers, you may want to pay attention.
1: Yeah. So I'll I'll go with Brady's uh my guys: Clyde Edwards-Alaire, C.D. Lamb, and Kyle Pitts. I would say that two of the three were fairly solid. Um, Kyle Pitts probably being the best of the three. C.D. Lamb was a little bit disappointment based on his ADP, and Clyde Edwards was just lack of a better term he's pretty dog water um <laughs> my my guys uh, i'll start with goat material jalen rager uh definitely that flag burned on that hill but i was there with him um so we'll see if he makes a roster this year javante williams was meh i think he had good and bad stretches he kind of burst out of the scene at the end of the season and then my essentially my hit was austin eckler 20 touchdowns finishes a top five running back um Was a good hit for me so this year we got new guys we are going to start with josh um josh start with your first my guy yeah so my first my guy is a guy that burst onto
0: the scene last year and i think he's going to take another step forward um he's at the quarterback position and rushing is just the absolute cheat code for fantasy football um it's jalen hurts and Uh, You win your league by drafting guys with high ceilings, but you also mitigate risk by drafting guys with safe floors. And um, his rushing ability between the 20s and the goal line gives him that safety. Um, But so this is just to kind of contextualize it. Week seven last year versus the Raiders, he went 18 for 34 passing with uh, 236 yards and two touchdowns. You know, like a pretty pedestrian fantasy um, game, but he also had 13 attempts on the ground for 61 yards. Like that is that's a pretty pedestrian stat line for him on the ground, like no touchdowns or anything. He finishes the quarterback six that week because of that rushing capability. Like that is just absolute breaking the game. And so he had 10 rushing touchdowns last year. They didn't add any significant pieces in the rushing running game. So I think that's going to be something you can bank on like seven or eight touchdowns um, on the ground. And then you add in AJ Brown, like he is, like someone who doesn't rely on pinpoint accuracy to win in the NFL. He's a contested catch guy that can absolutely win at the point of attack. Year two, Devonta Smith versus rookie year Devonta Smith. I just think it's going to be great for Hertz this year.
1: Yeah, I mean Jalen Hurts is a guy that is possibly a league winner. I think it's a really good choice. Joshua the the one on one, so to speak, and our my guys picking and he picked Jalen Hurts. I think for good reason. I think the main reason is Jalen Hurts has AJ Brown and Devonta Smith. We already know what he is on the ground. So even if he doesn't get the groundwork, he's got viable receivers catching passes for him. And there's really a lot of question marks with his running backs at this point. Um, Don't really know who's healthy. Don't really know who's the one or the two or even the three for that point between the the three. So we all know Jalen Hurts is there. So I think it's a really good pick.
2: Yeah, I do too. I mean, I think we all sort of expect Hurts to probably take at least a mini step backward as far as the rushing and probably more so the rushing touchdowns. Uh, because Miles Sanders had what zero last year, mm-hmm. um, so like you'd you'd expect some positive regression for him in that category, and some negative gre- regression there for for Hertz. But um, you guys, I mean, you guys touched on it. it. AJ Brown, like that that factor is going to help him a- a- immensely. So if you lose two rushing touchdowns, he has eight, but you gain five receiving, you know, throwing touchdowns, like you offset it and then some.
1: Yeah, so so good pick there, Josh. Uh speaking on behalf of Brady here, uh Brady's first my guy. Uh we'll say the, the court case has been closed and the decision is final. Cortland Sutton's his guy. This has been the guy <laughs> that he has is, is put his planted his flag on a long time ago. I think two weeks ago he said that we we're gonna be talking about him in a couple weeks when we were talking about our my guys. Um 26 years old for Cortland Sutton, 6'4", 216" ideal fitting for russell will russell wilson um what Cortland sutton said about mr unlimited is just a different feeling in the building and i mean you look back at his career he's had teddy bridgewater he's had drew lock so this is by far his best quarterback he's year two off an acl surgery um he finished with 124 targets in 2019 i think that's kind of a floor for him at this point uh concerns for Cortland sutton health i mean he's had an acl surgery what if Jerry Judy's Russell Wilson's guy? That's always a possibility. Um, and it could be a run-based offense with Hackett coming in here. Um, they got two very viable running backs. Um, what Brady said and just kind of his conclusion on Cortland Sutton is that he hasn't finished this as his wide receiver nine. He's a guy who's just scratching the surface on what he can accomplish as a receiver. Upgrade at uh, quarterback and head coach really is going to benefit him. He's a guy that he would smash in the fourth round for the wide receiver 20.
0: Yeah, I love that value like fourth round. I think that's that's the more and more that we've been delving into uh, this fantasy season like that range of receivers are spectacular. I think we're getting into one of them later with Jeremy but um, really, really like that pick for uh, Brady.
2: Yeah, he's he's an unbelievable value where he's getting drafted right now. I think all four of us um say very similar sentiments to to Brady as we're we're pretty high on him. Um, but I don't think any of us are as high as as Brady is at wide receiver nine.
1: Yeah, no, I th- yeah, he's he's the highest, but we're all we're all willing to take him much earlier than his ADP is at this point. All right. My first my guy. Everybody ready? Let's lock it in. Big one here. You know I'm pretty serious about this guy when I pick him from the team he plays for. A.J. Dillon. A.J. A a. Dillon point. is my first my guy. Uh, last season totals, we'll just read his last season totals, 187 carries, 803 rushing yards, five touchdowns. The most important thing for me is he was very efficient in those carries. Um, this year with Devon, Devontae Adams leaving, I expect A.J. Dillon's carries to be above 200 and closer to 250, just with Aaron Jones being more on a receiving end work. He's going to get the work. Matt LaFleur came out and said with Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon that it's 1A and 1A, and that that's all I needed to hear. I mean, AJ, A.J. Dillon's going to get the work. He's a capable catcher out of the backfield. One people, A lot of people think that A.J. Dillon is just a bruiser. He's actually very good in the past game. He caught 92% of his targets last year, and Aaron Rodgers said that he wouldn't be surprised if both Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon get over 50 targets. My math says that's 46 catches if he stays above 90%. So he's going to get work in the pass game. Let's not forget if Aaron Jones is out, A.J. Dillon is a top 10 fantasy running back from a week. I think he's incredibly safe. He's a fifth-round running back at this point. I think he's a smash hit, and I think he is very safe but also has the upside to break out.
2: I I absolutely love A.J. Dillon. If Bradley hadn't had him, I I had considered him for one of mine as well. where the RB dead zone is right now. He's probably my favorite running back in that group. I'm, I'm fine taking him in the fourth round and and in just about every scenario that you end up with him as an RB 2 I'm so happy with other than you could argue if you end up with Aaron Jones and and AJ Dillon, that's probably the only scenario where I'm not feeling like super thrilled about it just because it's, you know, it's two miles to feed in the same offense, and those st- starting as your RB1 and RB2, it just never feels that great. But that's really the only scenario. A.J. Dillon is going to to feast It is 1A and 1A, and, and Bradley mentioned, if anything were to ever happen, you have a stud at the
0: position. Bradley, it's like taking a guy, like having a guy like that, though,
1: and guarantee not having a good week one, though, that's kind of bold. Like, what do you think yeah. the stat line is week one? So, honestly, but, like, that's the thing. I'm going to have to have him be my RB3 for week one. He's just going to have to be <laughs> on the bench week one. He's probably going to get 15 carries, maybe 16 rushing yards. Uh, but other than that, I mean, he's got a very good trajectory for the season.
2: For those of you who don't know, <laughs> the Packers play the Vikings week one.
1: It's already circled, boys. Go! Go! Yeah, no, A.J. Dillon is, is a guy that... And to be honest with you, as the season goes on, when you're getting into fantasy playoff time, when it gets colder at Lambeau Field, I think he's a guy that's going to be utilized a little bit more. Not more than Aaron Jones, but when in doubt, tote the rock. Do you think this is
0: a similar situation that New Orleans, when Mark Ingram and Alvin Kamara were at the peak of their powers and they both were an RB1 that year? Do you think there's like a chance that that happens in green bay this upcoming year just because they don't have a ton of weapons outside of their running backs
1: i think this is more of like a a cleveland browns backfield with uh kareem hunt and uh nick chubb but what i would say is that aaron jones is the kareem hunt that's going to get nick chubb work at this point he's more of the uh, i'm going to be more always jet sweeps all that stuff third down it's probably going to be more of a in aaron jones time but aj Dillon. When in doubt, I think goal line work is going to be huge for him. Brody talked about last week how he would love to stat how many times uh, Devonte Adams was targeted inside the five. We could oh, very wow. well see this be AJ in time from now on. Yeah, I absolutely love it. Are we on to my first guy? Yes, we are. <laughs> my first guy is. I'm someone excited who... too. I'm excited too, and oh, I would like to. Good. I would like to brainstorm a nickname after we. Uh, we. Uh, We move on reveal. I'm I'm all for it.
2: I'm all for it. My first guy is someone who finished last season as the wide receiver 21 in 0.5 point, uh, PPR leagues with 88 catches, 1082 yards and six touchdowns. And he did this with 129 targets from Carson Wentz. Yes. My first guy is Michael Pittman jr. He took a pretty big leap in year two, but I'm expecting an even bigger leap in year three. I think the catch rate is going to go up because the catchable target rate is going to improve from this year, Um, while the target number will also go up. I think 140-plus targets this season is extremely likely for Michael Pittman in this offense with Matt Ryan. Pittman has already talked about this offseason how accurate Matt Ryan is, and that is only going to prop up his value even more. Last year, Matt Ryan was better than Carson Wentz in each of these categories. True completion percentage, pressured completion percentage, play action completion percentage completion percentage versus man and completion percentage versus zone. Yes. A knock on Ryan towards the end of his tenure in Atlanta was that he couldn't connect with Julio in the end zone. Now I'm not saying Pittman is Julio Jones, but on the flip side of that point, Matt Ryan still sustained Julio as a top 10 wide receiver from 2014 to 2019 while not eclipsing over eight touchdowns once and five of the six of those years, he was wide receiver six or higher. Pittman is poised for another big step forward this year. And if he touches the eight or nine touchdown number, he is a surefire top 10 guy. I currently have him as wide receiver 10.
1: Yeah, I mean, Michael Pittman, Jeremy read a lot of useful stats about his quarterback. The bottom line is he has a better quarterback. Like all those numbers back up that Matt Ryan is a better option for our guy. Michael double pits to Chetcy Pittman.
2: I like it. Double pits to
1: chesty. got to be double pits to chesty. (laughs) I like it. Double team on it.
2: Um, I'm in.
1: I'm in. And his value right now is, was it mid third, late third is kind of where he's going at this point. Like that's a a pretty good value for a guy that's sure fired to be number one in his offense. And yes, it is a ground game in Indianapolis. But like Michael Pittman's going to get work.
2: I'm fine with him in the second round. Um, It's probably not the most ideal because I I really like the value of the running backs in the second round. But for me, as soon as that thing flips to 301, take him. Because he he will be just fine.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I agree. And we always talk about a a tier approach to our drafting. Like, he's probably in a tier with probably six to eight other receivers. So, if you take him ahead of six guys that ADP has above him – He's probably in the same tier as them, and I'm fine with that. Go yeah, with the, the, guy.
2: the guy that you're probably hemming and hawing over in, in the early third round is him or Mike Evans. Um, I'm fine with Pittman over Mike Evans. It
0: says That's the bold. Mike Evans guy. It's bold. I like it. All right, well, this this next my guy is someone I don't think we're as, like, lockstep in agreement with as far as, like, where I see him at. And so this is kind of like, sometimes we got to overthink things. He's an unquestioned bell cow running back who has been great on a top three offense in the NFL. Passing work could definitely be more, but 50 targets, you know, is par with what we should expect for him. It's Joe Mixon of the Cincinnati Bengals. So uh, he also had the third most goal line attempts last year behind Taylor and Najee. And so he's getting the goal line work. He's getting enough passing down work to be like, a very top end running back to finish, you know, in the top three that he could like, that's an, like, that's what he was last year. And so he's not going to be the number one option. Cause that's likely going to be like Jamar chase as far as like our best player on offense. That's where the ball is going to go. But his, his competition is Samaj P Ryan. And like, he is the unquestioned bell cow. And in a modern NFL, that's becoming more and more of an endangered species and so I really, really like Joe Mixon this year, and I think he's going to be a uh, top, you know, four, five back this year.
1: A couple problems that I, I have with, with Joe Mixon. First of all, you said top three offense. Is that I think, bold? Uh, I, Is that I bold? A, yeah, I, I
0: mean, I think it's bold. Five? Can we comfortably say five? What? Who
2: would you put in the top three with Cincinnati? Uh, the
0: Chargers.
1: I mean, I, I'm kind of blanking on other ones. I I don't know if I would take
0: not the Chiefs,
1: not the Chiefs. Maybe the Ravens, the Broncos. I would ha- I'd rather the Bengals offense than those. The two. Packers, Rams. the Rams. <laughs> I ain't
0: taking the Packers. Not the uh, Packers. healthy. If if Stafford is healthy, I could see.
1: Anyway, so that's not the, the biggest problem. the The biggest problem for me is the draft capital for Joe Mixon at this point. Um, fairly healthy last season. Not sure if that's going to be this the case this year. Um, I wonder if if that was peak performance, Joe Mixon last year. You know what I mean? Does it get better than what Joe Mixon had last year? And that's my concern. He was very good last year, but can he do it back to back? I I worry that they might might throw more on Joe Burrow's plate.
0: I ju- I, I just don't think you're drafting him at his ceiling, and I think um, well, I mean, most people aren't, but I just think you're, you're drafting Joe Mixon at his floor or very close to it. So right now he is the Coming as far as fantasy pros go, he's the one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, the seventh running back off the board. So like, I just you think, think that's that his floor? If given his passing game work, his goal line touches, and the amount of competition that he has is, is in an awesome offense, it's probably not seven. You're right. It's probably like ten to eleven. With when I'm both-
1: when I'm picking. in in my fantasy league and I'm picking in the the later part, like as in like the the nine to twelve range, I'm trying to look for a running back that's gonna finish as the RB one. For me, Joe Mixon's not that guy. And I understand where he's attached to a really good offense and he's gonna get some work, but I just don't know if he is the guy that's gonna finish as running back one.
2: The the hard part and I think the thing that sticks out in a lot of people's minds is we talked about this before is obviously you know, his disappointing seasons that he's had in years past based off of the draft capital that you've invested into. And plus last year, he had a three game stretch later in the season where he was 9.4, 8.8, 7.0. Now you can take and go on the flip side of that. He was still an RB, you know, three or four, whatever he finished um, with weeks like that. But again, when you're drafting in your first round, you can't have like, it's hard to have a performance where 9.4, 8.8.
1: 9.4, 8.8.
2: That, that's just really difficult. And I think that's where the hesitation with Joel Mixon
1: comes in. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm okay with it overall. It's just, obviously somebody had that. I'm a little bit lower on than than the rest of the group. All right. So Brady's second, my guy, I wish we could do this as a live show or tweet out like guesses, because I think this would have probably been a unanimous one for our listeners for Brady. So and,
2: easy. <laughs> yeah. It,
1: it's, it was low hanging fruit. I mean, we could have left it forever and he would have, it was just unquestioned his, and that and that's Trey Lance. No surprise here on Brady's end. What is there to like about Trey Lance for Brady? Uh, well, the first thing is the draft capital. I mean, we talk about we plant our flags on guys um, for fantasy football. Kyle Shanahan planted his flag for for Trey Lance, pick number three overall. They're essentially they traded a lot, and and they traded a lot. But they've also not that they dismissed Jimmy Garoppolo, um, but he's not been around. So both Kyle and John Lynch are saying. Trey Lance is our guy. We talk about rushing upside. Well, at NDSU, he was very capable of running the football over 1,000 yards in 2019 at NDSU. Um, he's got a big-time arm, capable of big plays. Uh, Brady anticipates a lot of big plays with Brandon Ayuk, George Kittle, Debo Samuel. Um, he loves the system that Kyle hands in. Um, he did have a bad preseason game, but it's very vanilla offense in the preseason. They're not going to throw all the wrinkles that they do in a system. Concerns? small body work, hasn't played in the NFL at this point. Um, Trey Lance is just unquestioned, Brady's my guy. Um, not much else to add to it. Eighth round that you're picking for him, um, quarterback 13. If he plays all the games with his rushing work, no question he finishes above that. Brady hasn't ranked as QB six. Um, he thinks that the rushing work, plus the volume, plus a good team is is gonna get the job done for for Trey Lance.
0: I mean, it, it does wreak a lot of Jalen Hurts' last offseason, and that's usually where you find value, is drafting a guy that is in this range, but has the capability of finishing much, much, much higher. And Treyland certainly has that path. It's just, does he have the arm to do it? Because his legs are not the question.
1: I see a lot of people freaking out about Trey Lance's preseason at this point. Uh, I saw Kurt Warner go on to Twitter because he threw a deep ball to Debo Samuel instead of checking it down on like a third and one to Brandon Nayuk. And essentially what Kurt Warner said is that he took his read. His read said Debo was one-on-one. I'm going to throw a deep ball for him. And it was almost completed. He, yeah, maybe you should look for a safer route. But like you're the preseason. Take where your reads show you this is, this is time for you to work on your reads. Debo was one-on-one. You throw it to Debo.
2: Yeah, he's Trey Lance is probably one of my favorite um, quarterbacks to take later. Um, once you get out outside of that tier, the point where I'm not at where Brady, where Brady is, is to just put him ahead of. I have to take a look at his rankings again, who he has him ahead of. Um, he has him ahead of Dak, has him ahead of Russell. So which is that? That's just the point where I can't get to yet. But I, I do understand the argument for sure.
1: Anything else to add on Trey Lance? Not a- so, to th- so to this point, we have Jalen Hurts for Josh, Cortland Sutton for Brady, A.J. Dillon for myself, Bradley. Uh, double Pits to Chesty, Pittman for Jeremy, <laughs> Joe Mixon for Josh, and then Trey Lance for Brady. We'll do one more, and then we'll take a quick break. Um, my second, my guy is another running back. This year, I decided that I'm gonna go with a theme and it's team quads, baby. Um, I'm going with Saquon <laughs> Barkley. We got uh, Saquad, as Jeremy like to say, and then the quad, fa- quad father being AJ Dillon. So ADP for Saquon Barkley at this point is a mid-second. It's around pick 17 at this point. Just like Cortland Sutton, he's two years off in ACL surgery. I am hopeful and dare I say confident that Saquon Barkley is healthy and will remain healthy. We want to talk about in line for the work since 2019. His backups have totaled 87 carries in the past three seasons. That includes none other than my Brita filter. So he is in line for a ton of work when healthy. Saquon has averaged 5.4 targets from Daniel Jones. So he gets work in the passing game and he's also averaged 16.2 fantasy points per game, which would have finished as the RB three last year if he played all 17 games. He has a revamped offensive line. He has a head coach that fits his playing style to a T. I think Saquon Barkley is a league winner and will finish inside the top six for running backs.
2: I'm so in on this. His value is is crazy. I, Josh talked about. I think sometimes we overthink things. I I think this is one we're probably overthinking. He's with a, a very uh, good offensive mind, or would be considered a good offensive mind, and I think he's going to get used in in really unique ways and he's their I mean he's their best playmaker like they're going to get him the football if they're trying to win they have to um you know so I don't know if you're gonna see what you saw at at his peak and maybe you will but even if you get 85 to 90 percent of it it's better than what we've seen from San Juan and again we just haven't really seen we just haven't seen him because he hasn't been yeah
0: something that I think that is a more or less a theme of our my guys is the value of running backs in the second round and that i think you can be confident taking you know a justin jefferson or cooper cup in the first round and still have that safety net of having a really good running back in the second round so i i do i do like a lot of barkley
1: this year all right well let's just take a quick break and then we'll finish up our my guys and then we'll get our ones got to go
2: Hi, guys. This is Jeremy Becker from the Fourth and a Mile Podcast. Just wanted to thank you guys for tuning in and remind you to follow us on Twitter at Fourth and a Mile Pod. That's Fourth and a Mile Pod. Thanks, guys. And now back
1: to the sports. Welcome back into the Fourth and a Mile Podcast. We're going to get back into our My Guys episode. Uh, we've gone through seven of our 12 total. Uh, I'm going to turn it over to Jeremy for his second My Guy.
2: My next guy is another. Uh, Big surprise for me, someone I have barely talked about this (laughs) offseason. Psych. All I have talked about is that this guy got paid this offseason, and that explosive start to the 2021 season, that's the guy you're going to see for the full 2022 season, and that is Mike Williams. Mike Williams finished last year as wide receiver 15 in .5 PPR formats, had 1,145 yards and nine touchdowns. Yes, a big chunk of that happened earlier on, and he faded a little bit towards the end of the season. But 10-plus touchdowns is very much in the range of outcomes for Mike Williams this season. And I think that uh, 1,100-yard mark that he hit last year is extremely realistic. And he is currently being drafted as the wide receiver eighteen. So the numbers that he put up last year got him wide receiver 15, and he's being drafted three spots behind where he was last year. If he is healthy, he is a lock to smash at at the minimum, repeat what he did last year. Mike Williams was a top 10, uh, he was top 10 in red zone targets last season. And don't just think, well, he's capped a little bit because of Keenan Allen. Williams did what he did last season while Keenan Allen was also top 10 in red zone targets last season. And he was also one spot higher than Mark Williams. Mike Williams. Wow. I was reading ahead. Got me. Got me. Caught off guard. <laughs> According to Rich Rybar, Williams was also uh, only secured four of his 14 red zone targets last season. So that uh, could bode well for some positive touchdown regression coming his way. He had him at scoring 13 less points in the red zone than expected based off the amount of targets that he had. Herbert will throw 38-plus touchdowns and will have 4,500-plus yards. Mike Williams is going to return on his
0: current value at wide receiver 18. Two things. One, are you familiar with the Black IPs? Yes. So, Will, I am. I'm just throwing out a nickname here. So, Mike Will I am going to be in the end zone every single play? Cause the dude is going to score 15 touchdowns this year. Like I am so in on Mike Williams. I absolutely underline bold. I'm in. I'm
2: trying to decide if I
0: like the nickname. I
1: don't know, I like you know the what?
0: direction that you went.
1: Thank you. I, I do like the direction.
2: I, I, I do like the direction.
1: I do like the direction here. Here's my concern for black eyed peas. Williams. Uh, <laughs> His volume is not going to be enough to move him into a top five, in my opinion. I think Keenan still is the guy that eats into a lot of the volume. His health has been a concern in the past. I mean, when you see he goes up for a catch, we we pray every time because he lands on his body the entire time. He does not land on his feet. And then the final one is that he's, like we said, he's dependent on the touchdown. Do we all think that he can get 12 to 15? Yeah. The things I like about him is that he's attached to Justin Herbert. Justin Herbert is fits exactly what Mike Williams is. He's a guy that wants to throw the ball deep. That's Mike Williams' game. And then I also like that his draft capital is nothing that's going to really handcuff you to him being a top eight receiver, right? This is a fourth, fifth round receiver that you're taking. Uh, I feel good about the draft capital, and I think that stuff outweighs his potential volume versus touchdown dependency.
2: Yeah, I think the biggest thing, obviously, yes, he's a big fellow that takes a lot of big falls. Uh, that is a, certainly a concern of his uh, and, and has been uh, it, But if he stays healthy, you're essentially drafting him at your floor, at his floor, like Bradley mentioned, uh, fourth, fifth round, you're talking wide receiver two, wide receiver three with massive upside.
0: Love it, absolutely love it. So uh, transitioning into my next and last, my guy. So uh, this is another second round, Early third round running back. He had 84 targets at the running back position, only behind Najee, which is including Najee's 19 targets in week three, and Eckler. 1,000-yard rushing and 500 yards receiving is absolutely in the cards, if not likely. And this is Leonard Fournette. Uh, Brady dumps down a lot, um, especially if Godwin's not going to be 100% to start the year, uh, from weeks four to 15 last year. So that is, like, the bulk of your season. Fournette was the RB3 with only one week outside the top 24. He's going to get 19, 20 opportunities a game. Uh, He just signed that three-year, $21 million contract. So if you follow the money, that's good value, or that's going to tie him to there. They drafted Rashad White, which is, you know, if you're going to bring up that his competition, that's not incredibly high draft capital, but it's more of a, you know, just a complimentary piece, in my opinion. And so, like I said earlier, his ADP is at the 2-3 turn right now. But I believe that's his floor. But with his goal line work and with his passing volume, I do think that's near closer to his floor in a great offense than it is in a ceiling. So, uh, thoughts on, I know you guys aren't as high on Fournette. So, uh, what do you got?
1: Let's hear it. I moved him up slightly in my rankings. I think I had him at 24. I moved him up to, I think it was 20 is what I have him at at this point. And that's kind of where I'm going to stay with him. I don't mind the player. Uh, I worry that Rashad White is going to be a factor at some point in the season. I don't know when that's going to be. I mean, Leonard Fournette is not the youngest of age as far as tread on the tires. Um, One thing that I want to ask you guys is what is your level of concern for Tom Brady this year? For me, um, he hasn't been in camp. There's rumors that he's got off the field stuff going on. Um, And his press conference was kind of a little bit, telling at this point he said yeah i'm 45 years old i'm dealing with some shit at at this point and like that's not tom brady that tom brady is like i'm just gonna be level-headed like to be honest with you like this is this is a spicy take but i would not be surprised if he's like you know what i'm not playing this season i'm going through some stuff i've done everything i need to do that would hurt leonard fournette a ton oh yeah (laughs) to me that's that's enough for me to say yep i'm out yeah i I
2: I think that's in the the range of outcomes. Like I think, especially with even if Tom Brady's there, this this hurts it. But I think this like pushes the narrative that this could happen. Their offensive line has taken some lumps already early on this offseason. I mean, they're losing guys left and right, it feels like. And and that is something that could maybe push Tom Brady out the door. I mean and worst case scenario, it just hurts the current offensive status, which again hurts Leonard Fournette. So I have him at 16. I'm not all the way out. I just, I do think in the second round there are some better values at the running back position. And that's where I lean. Now, when you're going in between maybe a David Montgomery or a Cam Akers, now, you know, now I think Leonard Fournette can win some of those arguments, but if you're ever trying to decide between Fournette and say, you know, who Bradley just talked about, Saquon Barkley. I mean, I'm Barkley every day of the week. Yes,
1: as am I. All right, Brady's last, my guy, a guy that uh, the, the steam is hot at this point, and that is uh, Damian Pierce. Um, what he loves about Damian Pierce is the fact that he's, he's the starter in Houston. He's already been named the starter. He fits exactly what a lovey smith in houston wants to do physical one cut back they're gonna they're gonna tote the rock a lot and, and the buzz is real he's looked really good in preseason and in camp his concern is that his adp is skyrocketing it's going up really really fast um there's a chance that uh, he could be in the rookie doghouse at this point i mean if you fumble at one time he could could be in the rookie doghouse at some point so kind of just final thoughts on Damian Pierce is that uh, Birdie says, Damian is a guy that I really liked in the draft process. He actually had him highest in the group uh, when he had him at four and Jeremy had him at five. No reaction from Jeremy. Uh, <laughs> he was, he was drafted uh, to an ideal situation. Uh, Lovey Smith said in their third preseason game that he wanted to run the football as much as he wants to do it. that's <clears> the <throat> thing that they want to do the most um, that screams ultimate value for Damian Pierce at his ADP. Uh, he's worth the RB39. It is getting moved up. His question for you guys is that how high would you be willing to take him? Brady said round seven is kind of his cap. He has him at RB22. Where would you guys take him?
0: I think that's fine, uh, the seventh round, but I just want to, because the one guy is trending the opposite way. So Damian Pierce or Antonio Gibson? Pierce.
2: Ed current adp yeah pierce
0: no like in the same position what um in the seventh have, round no just like in a vacuum who would you rather have pierce probably pierce tony pollard or damian pierce pierce okay we're getting we're not on for <laughs> i we're knocking on like mid rb3 knocking on upper echelon rb3 territory no because Why would he, you take like, Tony
1: Pollard, who's a backup running back, to Damian Pierce, who's a starting running back and going to get work? Cordero, Cordero Patterson or Damian Pierce? I would take Damian Pierce.
2: For me, the Pollard conversation is just the better offense, um, and he's going to have the pass a lot of pass-catching work. That's where yep. I start to think about the Pollard conversation. Chase, I believe Chase I have Edmonds. Pierce one spot higher.
1: Uh, Chase Edmonds Pierce. or Pierce? I don't know what I have. They're probably about
0: similar for me. Okay. So he's going, he's not going to, based on that. And if we represent, you know, some of what this fantasy community is thinking, he's probably not making it to the seventh round because a lot of those running backs are in like mid tier RB threes. And like, that's like mid twenties of the running back mid to high. So like, that's, I I'm curious if where he's going, it sounds like, you know, in home leagues that he's going to be maybe in the seventh, but like, if you're in a league full of dudes that, like, are interested in this stuff all year round, I'm not sure if he'll be there. So where would you take him? I would feel comfortable in the seventh. I just, like, if he's, like, your fifth or round pick, I just, I that's too rich for my blood.
1: Yeah, I mean, fifth is too rich. But, I mean, certainly sixth or seventh, you're getting a starting running back for at that price. You won't be able to I, do that with any other guys behind him.
2: If you went wide receiver early, I have no problem. Like heavy early, I have no problem you taking him in the sixth.
1: Yeah, I, I mean I'm I'm the same way. So, uh, Damian Pierce is a guy that is going to just explode onto the scene for the rest of the season. He's not going to even uh, week one. He's going to hit the ground running. I mean they they made that very well known in, in Houston when they sat him. I think it was week two of the preseason. Um, they said all their starters, and, and he was one of those guys. So we'll move on to my final my guy, and that is Rashad Bateman, currently going early seventh round in, in sleeper based on ADP. Uh, we talked about a year two jump for a wide receiver. I think that's a real thing. Um, there's coming into a second year. He's healthy this year. Last year he came in, was very banged up, missed the first, I th- wanna say it was the first six weeks. Um, so he was really, really struggling as far as a health wise. Uh, 195 vacated targets just from the wide receiver position alone with Hollywood Brown and Sammy Watkins, 267 total targets are vacated in the Baltimore offense. What that tells me is he's going to get volume. Um, Baltimore really didn't add any other receivers in the offseason, which also tells me that they're very confident in Rashad Bateman being their wide receiver. One, um, I think he's in line for about 125 to 140 targets, uh, which is phenomenal value for a seventh round uh, draft pick. So I think he's ready to break out this year. Um, He's done it with volume when he was at the University of Minnesota. So I think there's a system that's very similar with the RPOs, run-based offense that he ran with the Gophers. uh, to what he's doing with, with Baltimore.
2: I have one question for you, Bradley. Answer. How big are his quads?
1: Yeah, I mean we're gonna, have to, we're gonna we're gonna have to measure it, but uh, I think he's been putting in work. He was an honorary okay. quad. Me- he was an honorary quad member.
0: Okay. So, <laughs>
1: do you feel comfortable having
0: him if you're going running back heavy? Do you feel comfortable having Rashad Bateman as your wide receiver too?
1: Why would he need to be my wide receiver too? Though? He doesn't
0: need to be. I'm just saying, like if you're going like the ones, four that, like, running you're backs and tight in the end, first four picks. That's not what I'm saying. Um, that would
2: be the scenario. <laughs> that would be the
1: scenario. So if
0: you go three running backs, a tight end, you know, go one quarterback position, then a couple wideouts. Like, do you?
1: Yeah, I mean, personally, I wouldn't get to my point where I'm drafting him as my wide receiver too. But yeah, I think he has. I think he will finish. I have him as I think my wide receiver 22. Um, so I have him finishing as a wide receiver too. I like it.
0: Yeah, I'm. All, I'm all into. I like him a lot. As do I.
2: All right. We're to the part of the program that you all came for. We have.
1: <laughs> Our one and about, only.
2: <laughs> we have talked about running backs. We have talked about wide receivers. We're going to talk about a tight end. Last year, the tight end eight in point five PPR formats scored 131 total points. That was Zach Ertz, who finished the season with 74 catches 763 yards and five touchdowns. Now I want to read you the wide receiver room for the Chicago Bears. Darnell Mooney, who? Great wide receiver. We all like him. Outside of that, you have Byron Pringle, Equinemius St. Brown, Dante Pettis, and Bayless Jones, who at least two of those are currently injured. My final, my guy, is the number two pass-catching option for Justin Fields and the Chicago Bears, and that is Cole Kmet. Komet is currently being drafted as the tight end 13 in the middle of the 10th round. We talk about this all the time on the show. If you don't get a top 10 or like the top five, top four guy at the tight end position, you are punting at the, at the position, so to speak. So pick someone with upside in the 10th round. You are getting a tight end with the clear path to 125 targets. He finished last year with 93 targets and had 60 catches. The only reason we are not drafting or the only reason we are drafting him so late right now is because he didn't catch a single touchdown. If he catches the three touchdowns that Jimmy Graham, Jimmy Graham had last year, what a who name, is, what a name, <laughs> who is no longer there. He finishes last year as a top 15 guy at the position, and we are probably drafting him in the ninth or maybe even the eighth round. I am taking Cole Komet as my tenant in every single draft that I am in when possible. If I'm not getting the a value on a big name guy. And the only time I am not is if I draft Arnell Mooney, because you don't want too many, too many pieces of the pie in that offense, but <laughs> oh, Cole Komet. That's
0: a, a week and a half old pie. We don't want a lot of pieces of that.
2: No Cole Komet, the late round tight end. That's
1: I totally it. agree. I totally agree. Just based on volume, we talked about Dalton Schultz being someone that's going to get elite volume. Cole commits the, the exact same way. He's in line to be the number two target for Justin Fields. Obviously that's why Cole commits not going the same range as uh, Dalton Schultz because Dalton Schultz has Dak press got thrown on the ball and Cole commit has Justin Fields throwing the ball. We don't know what Justin Fields is at this point. So you can risk a 10th round pick like Jeremy saying and getting Cole commit, whereas it, Dalton Schultz is you're, you're tying him to the entire season for you. Um, the beauty of Cole commit is that if he struggles for the first two to three weeks, cut bait, it's a 10th round pick. Whereas, like I said, guys that you're picking in the fifth and above, like you better hold on to for, for weeks to come.
2: I believe Brady. Uh, wow. So sorry, Bradley.
1: Wow. I have, I have been talking as Brady, so I'll allow it today. That,
2: that, okay. Thank you. I believe what Bradley meant was the beauty of Cole Komet is that he won't struggle the first few weeks of the season. I believe that's what you meant.
0: I did not at Green, at Green Bay week two. So I, I i would like a I would like to submit a nickname for Cole Komet, and you can either accept or reject it based on the quality of it. <clears throat> Jack, are you ready? Yes. Cole
1: calf if he booms. I'm out. I I don't what no, no, that is <laughs> you. I to be honest with you, I, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be 100 honest. You've come up with a lot of nicknames. I that might be your worst one. Almost See. as bad as full gums. I don't even remember what that one was.
2: Full Gum do it.
0: Something like that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> what a great name. What a great <laughs> nickname. Oh gosh, what oh, an elite God. mind. Come Commit- what an F- don't ever don't ever do that again. Okay. I'm looking at
0: his name right now, and I just see no. met,
1: and I'm like, oh "Hey,
0: you brought up a you brought Cole up." Cole commit the end zone. Let's go, Cole commit the end zone.
2: You, that's Huge. better. You Huge. brought up a nickname that we sort of rocked with. You should have just stopped while you were ahead. Yeah, oh, no. for, for sure, for sure. No, double double. So let's
1: let's just summarize our my guys. I'll start with Brady's. Brady went Cortland Sutton, Trey Lance, and Damian Pierce. I went A.J. Dillon. I went Saquon Barkley and Rashad Bateman.
0: Yeah, I went uh, Jalen Hurts, Joe Mixon, and Leonard Fournette. And the
2: guys to draft this year were Michael Pittman, <laughs> Mike Williams, and Cole
0: Komet. Couldn't even get through that without
1: laughing. <laughs> nope. All right, we're going to just do a quick either-or segment. We have a couple different scenarios on who you would take, and then we'll just finish up with our our ones got to go. So our, our first either-or is uh, Jalen Hurts uh, at 5'11", or Russell Wilson at 6'10".
0: I'm going Jalen Hurts. I think that Russell Wilson, until he rushes again a lot, which he didn't earlier in his career, I'm not going to expect him to. So I'm going to go Jalen Hurts at 5'11". I lean uh, Russell Wilson at 6'10".
1: I go Jalen Hurts at 5'11", and Brady also went Russell Wilson at 6'10". So, at pick three, Delvin Cook or Austin Eckler? I'm okay if you guys say neither, but um, I'm going with Delvin Cook, and I know Brady has Delvin Cook as well.
2: I have I Eckler at three in my rankings, but I think if I'm pick like if I have this option, I would probably lean Cook because it just feels safer for some. Like I just, I you feel I feel like you're drafting Eckler at the ceiling there. Like he can't have any missteps.
0: Oh, I mean, to be fair, 103 is going to be the the ceiling for almost everyone because there's. But like I feel like,
2: like you saw, you. I guess what I'm saying is I think you saw Eckler ceiling last year.
1: There's kind Only of a weird there's a, hard, there's a there's a kind of a weird vibe around Austin Eckler. He's always been that guy that's gonna be incredibly safe because you could pick him pick eight through twelve, and now he's going as the pick three, four, or five, and people are I think are starting to panic a little bit. Josh uh, uh, I'll go Eckler. I okay. his
0: passing work is just insane.
1: Here's the scenario. So you're picking at pick five, you took Cooper Cup at one oh five, followed nice. up with Aaron Jones at two oh seven. Very good start to the draft. Who are you guys taking at three oh five? T Higgins or Zeke Elliott?
2: Oh I literally will be faced with this scenario potentially. I have pick five in one of my drafts. I would go Zeke. I Man. would go
1: I would go with T. Higgins, I think at this That's point, I, I, I get worried that the drop off for running back is is quite poor after that. But hopefully, you can snag a, a Damian Pierce to be your RB two or something like that. And Birdie also uh, went with T. Higgins.
2: My my biggest reason is just you can grab either Mike Williams or Cortland Sutton in the fourth. So I feel really good True. about that as my wide receiver too.
1: True, love that. Joshua, you pick. I I said I picked T. Higgins. Okay. Uh, Gabe Davis or Elijah Moore? Both are possible breakout receivers at this point this year.
0: Gabe Davis.
2: They're so close for me.
1: I know. I'll I'll go Gabe Davis. Uh, I'm going to go with Elijah Moore. Brady also went with Elijah Moore.
2: I am also. I'm going to stay true to my rankings and say Elijah Moore.
1: He's the wide receiver one on his team, which is kind of the the, the factor for me. Um, and I really don't
2: think it matters if it's Zach Wilson
1: or Joe Tocco. No, I don't either. Um, last one. Last one is Darren Waller or Dalton Schultz.
0: This is pretty easy for me. Just the vibes on Darren Waller are so bad right now um, that, like, either health-wise or contractual, like, he's just not been all that
1: present in camp.
0: So I'm going Dalton Schultz.
1: I'm also going Dalton Schultz. Well, I'll say that uh, the vibe is not good for Dan- Darren Waller, I wouldn't say contractual it has anything to do with it because Dalton Schultz is the same way. He got franchise tagged.
0: <sighs> You're a Waller guy.
1: What are you going to do, Becker? I'll say Schultz. Birdie also went Dalton Schultz. So it's a clean sweep. I think that's kind of just been a a recent change that we've made because we've all really had Darren Waller ahead of Dalton Schultz uh, for for the longest time. Wrapping up, our one's got to go. So we have a bunch of my guys here. We're doing running back edition. Uh, We'll start with Saquon Barkley as a round two pick. Joe Mixon as a round one pick. Leonard Fournette as a round two or Damian Pierce as a round seven so I already, I already know what you guys are going to say. I'll say Damian Pierce is, is around seven. Uh, I'm going Leonard Fournette round two, and Brady is also doing that. <clears throat>
0: yeah, I knew that's so, what you guys were going to say. It's
1: pretty, it's pretty rich for me. Even if it was round three, I think I would still that would still be the one that has to go for me. Wow,
0: that's unfortunate.
1: Out on, I'm out on him.
0: Like clearly, who would be your third? Just for the sake of argument, who would be your third that you would be out on? Joe Mixon. Boy. It's
1: tough. Yeah, those are Josh's my
0: guys. (laughs) Those are both of my my guys. Hey, plant your flag.
1: Yeah, Yeah, I'm willing to be wrong.
0: All right. Well, that wraps up this episode of Fourth and Mile. Thank you so much for joining us. Go deep, and we'll see you.